We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. A super chat from Garen Nutson. Thank you, Garen. He says, what future does Kevin Bauman have in this offense if he can stay healthy? I don't think he has one. And, and I know that sounds mean, but I just – there's just way more talented players than him, even if he wasn't injured. Um, Eli Braden is just a more talented player than him. Cooper Flanagan is just a more talented player than him. Uh, obviously, Mitchell Evans is a more talented player than him. So I don't know that, that he has a future, to be honest with you, Garen, because – I mean, if he stays healthy, he's still going to have the effects of all the injuries. That's still going to be there. I just, but even if he had none of the injuries and was healthy now, I just, I think those other players are just better than he is at this point. Doesn't mean he can't play; just they're just better. So I don't know that he has much of a future in the offense if he if he stays. Bobby, yes, are any players not on campus for spring that are still on scholarship, like Ford, Christopher, or Bauman? I do not know. I don't even believe they've reported. Yet, because today's Martin Luther King uh, Day, so I don't, I don't Junior Day. I don't know that they've reported or not yet. I don't have an answer to that. I'll try to find out. Michael Rice, Michael, thank you, buddy. Brian, what's good? Driving back from dropping my daughter off at Indy. Who do you think will start at right tackle? Also, how many yards passing next year? Oh boy. Uh, well, drive safely because if you're in town for that, I know your, your daughter goes to Notre Dame. Uh, boy, it is not. The roads are not pleasant around here. So drive safely heading home, Michael. Uh, who do I think will start at right tackle? Right now, I, I'm, I think Tosh Baker is going to start at right tackle. Will 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 uh, Emil have a chance to beat him out? Absolutely. Do if, if I was betting right now, who would I bet on? I'd bet on Tosh. Experience, size, um, all, all those things are there. Emil has a lot to prove. Passing yards this year. I hope it's at least 34, 3,500. That, that would be what my, my number will be. Cause I, I don't know that Notre Dame is necessarily going to throw for like a million yards next year. It's certainly possible, but they're going to be a pretty balanced team this season, you know, cause you, cause because of the fact you have the quarterback running presence, I think you're going to see that. And then you, you look at this year, Notre Dame passed for 3,200 yards, 9.1 per attempt. I mean, I'd like to see them get up to 34, 3,500. And, uh, you know, and then see the running, the rushing production, maybe jump up another, 
you know, 20 yards a game. Cause if you look at, if you look at like right now this year, they averaged 246.5 passing yards per game. That's good for 3,200. If you rush, if you throw for 3,500 yards a game and that's over 13 games, that's 269 yards per game. So that's a jump of what's it be 20, about a little less than 23 yards per game. And then if you look at the rushing numbers, they averaged 285. If you can just get 15, 20 on top of that, you can certainly get there. And then the total offense this year was 432. You can you can get up to 470. I absolutely think they're capable of doing that. You know, be a little bit more consistent, be a little bit more efficient, and and continue to build explosives. I think this team has a chance to be a lot more explosive next year with some of the stuff they're going to have a quarterback with the run throw things and just a more dynamic skill set of players. I mean, I love Audric Estime, but some of the runs he had that went for 30 might be 70 for love and price. You know, there's just different aspects like that. And then there's some times where the way teams defended the run this year, it's like if they try that next year, Riley Mills is pulling that sucker and running for 40 yards into the end zone. I mean, just, you're just going to see more stuff like that. So I, you know, I, 34, 3,500 to be a really good number for the pass game to get to 34, 35, and then, you know, keep, keep, you know, get your run game up to around, you know, get your run game up to about 26, 2,700, and you're, you're rocking. You have an elite offense. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Bobby S., are any pl- uh, we actually already uh, answered that one. 
This is a double one. Casey Curley, when you watch Deuce Knight's film, what player would you say he reminds you of? Michael Vick, RG3, Lamar Jackson, Vince Young, Michael Penix uh, Jr., Tua Tungvalo, or someone else. So I have mentioned uh, Michael Penix Jr. in the past simply because of the leftiness of them and the 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 arm strength. But the guy that I just think is the, the best fit for me is still Hendon Hooker. The body type is similar, you know, tall and skinny. You know, Hendon was a really good athlete, a really productive runner. I think Deuce is a more explosive athlete. Deuce is just more physically gifted than Hendon. But as far as style of play, body type, dual threat ability, while also being very dynamic in the pass game, I think Hendon's a really good comp for Deuce. Uh, that That's the best one for me. And I mean, Michael Penix could run, but he wasn't a runner. He, you know, he was an athlete that that just didn't run a ton. Hendon Hooker was a weapon with his legs, even even when he just would scramble. But he was a legit weapon with his legs, and I think Deuce is much more similar along those lines. That's the one that I would like. You know, Michael Vick, they're not even close. RG3, eh, to a degree. I mean, there's some similarities there. Lamar Jackson, he's not as fast as Lamar, but, but you know, some similarities there. Vince Young, similar body type. Michael Penix, I've talked about. Tua, not at all. He, he doesn't remind me of Tua in any way other than him being left-handed. Like That's the only comparison I see between him and Tua is just them being left-handed. That would, that would really be it. That would really be it. Good question. Kyle Wade, who would you most look to, for to commit in the next few weeks or months during recruiting and development season? Well, that's obviously going to be a, a question that you'll want to ask Ryan and, and give his opinion on, but look, I, I think that they'll get a, a they'll get a linebacker in that period of time. I'm not going to say who. I think they'll get at least one DB in that time. Uh, I'm not going to say who, and I won't be shocked if they get an offensive lineman and a receiver in that time. I'm not going to say who. So I, I do think over the next month or so, we're going to see Notre Dame get at least two to three commitments. And over the next two months, I think we'll see them get several more. And I could see a, a you know a, another defense. I don't want to say who because then it'll give it away, but I, I could see another defensive player committing uh, in that period of time as well. So I, I think they're going to get some guys. They're going to load up on some guys here during these junior days. There's no doubt. Mr. 2.0, if a player jumped in the portal who has only been in college one year, say his hypothetical name is Shmeon Shealy, <laughs> Shmeon Shealy, could Notre Dame take that player and apply transfer credits as electives? Absolutely, as long as the player passed those classes in, in, in fashion that made Notre Dame feel comfortable, he could thrive academically in Notre Dame, yes. They, they would all go towards electives. And that that that's why we've said before, Notre Dame's easily can get graduates and first-year guys is where Notre Dame's bread and butter can be in the transfer portal. Bobby S. Is Riley Leonard fully healthy? Is he 100% for winter workouts and spring ball? I don't know the answer to that. I don't like to uh, uh, presume, but I would assume so. Ryan, I don't know if you and Riley talked about that and you want to put that in the chat and the answer to that question, I can always bring it up and you can pull it up. But I would assume so that by the time we get to spring, he'll be healthy. Um, he had to, he was battling with a toe and the ankle, just some a lot of things he was really banged up by. I think that he missed the last month of the season, so he's already kind of well on the way of the recovery process. But spring for sure, winter workouts at the beginning, that I don't know, that I'm not as sure of. But spring ball, yeah, I'm very confident he'll be healthy for spring ball. So Ryan said he, I believe he will be a full participant. Yeah, that was kind of my. Uh, his ankle series seemed serious. It was, but he also came back and played a couple games after getting that. It it was the it was the ankle plus the toe that he hurt later 
that cause him to not play him. But an ankle injury to me, unless it's a fracture that just doesn't heal properly, that's not a long-term thing. Um, now you can develop like where you're, if you hurt your ankles enough, it can kind of just like, it's just, it's just going to happen, but you, you tape yourself up properly before that you, you won't have that problem just other than normal stuff. I mean, you get, look, I don't care how much tape you put on. There's certain ways that where a certain amount of weight falls on your ankle. It's going to bend. It's going to sprain or break it. It just, it's just the reality of, of playing the sport. But if you've got weaker ankles because like, like, so I had a bunch of sprained ankles my first couple of years, like my last year of high school. And then my first couple of years of co- my first year of college, first two years of college. So I just, I just had to, I just had to tape it up. And then being a hard headed idiot, you know, the, we were playing Chuan and it was my first second, first start. And I was like, look, I'm going to, I don't like tape on my ankles. I just didn't, I didn't like it. So I, just decided not to tape them up and got my ankle rolled up on sprained my ankle and had to come out for two, three plays. They taped it up and I went back in there, but it's like, you're an idiot. Like it, because the way that, and then what I say is the way the guy fell on my ankle, it probably doesn't like hurt as bad as it did. If I would have been taped, you know, but you know, whatever it, I was a knucklehead. So I don't think that's something that's going to linger once it's healthy. It's healthy. Right. Cause he just sprained it. He had a high ankle sprain. He didn't break it. And that's why I say, unless it's something to where you break it, because then you got to worry about how it heals, then it's not something that usually is a long-term problem. Bobby S., with so many Ohio State players coming back, where do you have them in your way, in the way early top five? I have them second behind Georgia. How did they get all of them to come back? NIL. Well, NIL is part of it, but there's, you know, look, if if Denzel Burke's being told he's going to be a top 10 pick, he's, he's not coming back. I would imagine if JT is being told he's a top 10 pick, he's probably not coming back. Same reason Joe Alt's not coming back. You know, they might have been first-round picks, but maybe late first-round picks, maybe day two. I, I don't know what their NFL draft prognostications are. But NIL helps, certainly. NIL is how you can convince a guy who thinks he's a first-round pick but's being told day two that he can come back and, and jump into round one, but I'm going to take care of you because you're going to get half a million dollars or a million dollars or whatever next year. So it certainly helps. There's no doubt about it. Where would Ohio State be? You know, again, Bobby, it's too early because I don't even know who their offensive coordinator is going to be. I don't know what staff changes they're going to make. It just, it's like, I'm going to do a, an early top 25, but I've just told myself I'm going to actually wait till all the top portal guys are in the portal and all the coaching staffs have been filled out. I'm, I'm just going to wait for that. And then when that comes out, I'm going to do my first way too early top 25. Because way too early is anything before springs way too early. Uh, but it is fun. It's fun to do those things. And I do want to do it, but it's just like, like if I'd have done one the day after the championship game, I'd have had Bama with Nick Saban and Washington with Kalen DeBoer. They're going to keep rolling and Michigan with Jim Harbaugh. But it's like, well, now Saban's retired and DeBoer's gone. And, and, and I had Arizona ranked here, but now Judd Fish is gone. He's at Washington. So where's Arizona going to be? And it's like, I want to just let this stuff play out a little bit and, and people leaving and hired and all that before I do that. So, uh, will Ohio State have a chance to be my top five coming back next year? Absolutely. And their schedule's not as tough as Michigan's next year either. Uh, it's not that far behind. I mean, it's still a good schedule, but it's not quite what Michigan's is. And Michigan actually has to play a really good team, a really good schedule this year. So I just need to let it all shake out a little bit first roster and coaching staff-wise before I go there. But Ohio State will definitely be a preseason top 10 for me. Just off the top of my head, probably top five for me with all the guys they've had announced coming back, which a week ago I would not have had Ohio State in my top five. 
because I assumed Burke was leaving. I assumed JT was leaving. I assumed that Travion Henderson was going to leave once they got Quinson Junkins. I'd have been wrong about all those things. So that's why I want to wait till all these decisions are made before I before I do a top 25. Ryan Hagen, just out of curiosity, if Keon Keeley wanted to transfer to Notre Dame in the wake of Saban leaving, would he he be welcomed back? Would he be detrimental to the locker room? Curious how this would go over. I don't think he'd have any issues in the locker room. I don't. I think he would certainly be welcomed back by the Notre Dame coaching staff. Uh, matter of fact, I'm like 99.9% positive that he'd be welcomed back by the coaching staff. I don't think most of the players really were – I mean, they were not happy he left and they gave him hard time, but – I, I think if he was like, dude, I made the wrong decision. I want to come back. Then, heck yeah, brother. Come on back. You should have done this the first time, but we love you. We'd love to have you back. Absolutely. I think Keon would be welcome back. And and I'd welcome him back too. And I would hope that most Notre Dame fans or all Notre Dame fans would as well. But yeah, I would absolutely do that. I absolutely would, would take him back. I absolutely believe the Notre Dame coaches would want him back. And I absolutely believe that it would go over. Now, where it would not go over in the locker room is some guys that he's going to beat out are probably like, uh, this isn't good for me. But I mean, other than that, yeah, I think it'd be fine. I think it'd go over fine. He's a good kid. I mean, he's a likable kid, very likable kid. I don't think he – I think he made a, a not good decision for the wrong reasons. That's what I think about Keon. I've never hidden that fact. But I think he's a great kid. I like Keon quite a bit as a young man. He's an awesome young man. He was a leader of that class for a long time. There were kids that are at Notre Dame now that we look at like, man, I'm so glad Notre Dame's got that kid. That Keon Keeley played a big role in their name. Drake Bowen maybe picks their name if Keon's not there, but Keon played a big role in that. Christian Gray, same thing. And so, you know, because he was a big recruiter and he just he decided to make a different decision. I don't like it, but that doesn't make me change my opinion of him as a young man. And I think the same thing is true of the Notre Dame coaches. They didn't like it. I think they still like him a lot as a kid. And if he wanted to come to Notre Dame and be bought in, I think they'd welcome him back with open arms, in my opinion. That's what I think. Bobby S., what does Landau, when does Landau speak to the media and any early insight yet, uh, or we have to wait for the winter? I mean, I need to see him actually put the players to workouts first for more than a week to really have an opinion there, Bobby. Look, I know we're all chomping at the bit, but I could I could go talk to people and get some answers that sound fine but don't actually tell you anything, And but I don't, I don't like to do that. I want to let things play out a little bit and let's see how the workouts go. Let's, you know, for – a month or so and see how they're, how they're going to do. When does he speak to the media? I don't know that he will until maybe we spring, maybe spring ball. Like all the things they have planned for media stuff right now is players. It's I don't have, they don't have anything scheduled for Mike Dembrock yet. I think for coach Landau yet, I don't know. I think that'll change at some point in time, but I don't know when that's going to change. And I think that's a missed opportunity to be honest with you, but you know, Notre Dame doesn't listen to me. So what do I know? Frank G, thoughts on college football leaving the NCAA and having their own governing body and league? Also, how would you align the teams if you had it your way? It's a good question, Frank. I mean, look, at this point in time, the NCAA is so useless that I say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm open to other options. But here's the thing. I can't answer the question, I'm good with them leaving uh, the NCAA without knowing what the, govern- the new governing body and league is going to be like. Because, listen, the NCAA is bad. It can be worse. And for all I know, a new governing body would be worse. And that's just kind of where I'm at right now. So I, I don't know that it would be better. I think something needs to change. Now, let's say that the – because like I think Chip Kelly nailed this. I've, I've talked about it before. You need to get football out of everything else. You need to get Power 5 football out of everything else. You need to have Power 5 football playing a completely different schedule. Like 
if you want your football team to be competing against the Ohio States or whatever because of some TV deal, that's fine, but you shouldn't have to punish your other sports because of that. And that's what's happening right now is your other sports are being punished for that. So what I what I think would could really salvage college football is if you is if you were somehow some way able to convince schools and conferences to take an even rev share from the TV money and all the other things. Now you can do things like hey if we get in this bowl game we get more. I mean there that's fine. But I'm talking about like the big the 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 TV money. Everybody gets the same TV deal. So we're going to sign with Fox, CBS, this, this, and this, you know, and and this is how we'll break up the games. You'll be on NBC. You'll be on CBS. What, I don't care how you do that, but there, there, there's an, a split. Everybody gets, you know, everybody in Power 5 gets $70 million, whatever it is. I don't care. $50 million, I don't care whatever it is. And you say, okay, so so let's like let's say right now the average was $70. i would say, okay, pay the schools like – you know, X amount and then take, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to think of like what the numbers were, but let's say it's like 10 or five or 10% or whatever. And then you're just going to use that to just give a straight, like every, you, you, every scholarship player gets this amount and up to 15 walk-ons gets this amount. And that's what the players get from the TV revenue as well. It's not, they're not employees. They're not, it's not, Hey, you're a quarterback. You get this. It's just, look, Every scholarship player gets X amount of dollars. And if you have fewer players on scholarship, then that you don't get that money. Like th- th- there's an allotment that goes to each team for the players. And if you don't have X number of players, then that money just goes back into the pool to be used for other discretionary things from the NCAA. All right. I mean, things like that. That's that I would, I would be all for that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How I would break it up, Frank, is I'd go back to the old leagues. Like, that's the part that Chip Kelly got wrong. The part that Chip Kelly got wrong was this notion of, you know, you play East and West and South. I mean, I understand where he's coming from, but I, I think he misses the opportunity here. And here's the opportunity for me. The opportunity for me is you go back to the old conferences. I mean, go back to, you know, I mean, it, it's not so much, it's not so much that there's like a, a, a year, but it's kind of like, okay, go back to the big eight, go back to the Southwest conference, bring the big East back, make the ACC be smaller. So like, if you look at 1988, it was actually a great year in this regard. You had eight ACC teams. You had eight Big Eight teams, obviously. You had 10 teams in the Big Ten. You had 10 teams in the Pac-12. You had eight teams in the Southwest Conference. You had 10 teams in the SEC. 
Now you had teams like Notre Dame, Miami, Florida State, West Virginia, uh, Syracuse that were not in leagues, but you could do things like with them is you could, you could say, Hey, look, you can stay independent if you want. If you want to be part of a conference, you can. So maybe Florida State still decides they want to be in the ACC. But then, you you, you know, what I would say is, like, you put caps on how many teams can be in a league. You can't have more than 10 teams in a league. And so if the Big 8 wanted to add two more, whatever, I think it's silly because your name's the Big 8. But if the ACC wanted to add Florida State, Miami, go for it. If the Big East – but see, here's the thing I would say is you could make it work as if you brought the Big East back. Because, like, Miami, West Virginia, Syracuse, Louisville, Pitt, Rutgers, Penn State, Boston College – Cincinnati, Virginia Tech were all independents at the time. Most of those teams ended up becoming the Big East. So you bring the Big East back as part of this whole thing and then, you know, try to figure some things out. Penn State, hey, Penn State, you know, you can stay in the Big Ten, but, you know, in this new deal, we'd like for you to be either independent like you used to be or or part of the Big East. And you and Miami are kind of the face programs of the Big East. I'd love to see something like that because you get back to regionality, you get back to the tr- tradition of the conferences. It doesn't matter if you're in the SEC or the Southwest or the Big 8 or the Big 10 or the Pac-12 or what, Big East or whatever because you're all making the same amount of money anyway, right? So you're not making money based on the conference you're in. You're making money based on are you a Power 5 team or not. And then if you get back to the smaller conferences, especially if you like stayed in like more of like 8 to 10 teams, then you have more of the – crossover games like hey you can only and, and what i would do is like you can only play one non-group of five game a year that's it so if you want to play an fcs team or a mac team or an aac team or whatever the case may be you can only play like one or two of those a year your other two to three you know two to three or one to two non-conference games need to be against another power five and here's the thing i would say is if you are in a conference that that you know plays that you know more nine games and you may say hey look you know you only have to play one non-conference game against another if you have two or maybe you only have one and i mean there's things you could do to kind of make it to where you're playing each other so like if there's if there's less teams in those divisions then what you're going to see is more crossover and so when you look at like 1988 oklahoma they played nebraska oklahoma state Colorado, Iowa State, Missouri, Kansas, and Kansas State is part of their conference. But here's who they played out. They played at North Carolina, Arizona, at USC, and Texas. And then they played 11 games that year. So you look at it and you're like 11 regular season games that year. So you had your conference games, but then again, North Carolina, Arizona, USC, and Texas was your non-conference. You got your West Coast game, you got your East Coast game, you got your Southwest game in there. So you had to play more non-conference games. You look at the ACC back then. You know, I mean, Clemson had seven ACC games, and then they also had, you know, Virginia Tech who was an independent. They played Furman. They played Florida State who was an independent. And they played South Carolina who was an independent. All right, it was a rivalry game. So you had to play more out-of-conference games. And then I think that to me is is kind of – is why those things would make a lot more sense. Go back to the old conferences once you get everyone under the same umbrella. Because right now, you can't do that because everybody wants to get to the SEC or the Big Ten because they make more money. If you got rid of that, and, I mean, there'd have to be laws, there'd have to be court cases. I mean, the SEC is not just going to take that lying down. The Big Ten is not going to take that lying down. There'd have to be something 
to, you know, some legal case, something would have to happen that would say, hey, listen, this is what we need to do in order to get everyone on the same board. And then you go back to the, the you know, the, the old conferences. And then that forces teams. And here's the other thing you do. In the postseason, put a lot of emphasis on strength of schedule. Non, your conference strength of schedule is kind of it, like it becomes more we understand what it is because everybody in the SEC plays everybody, right? Because this league is smaller. Everybody in the Big Ten plays everybody in the Big Ten now. Imagine that. You actually play everyone in your conference. But then put emphasis on what is your non-conference strength of schedule. And that's going to have a big impact on seeding, whether you make the playoff and things like that. And then that's going to force teams to play more. So, hey, yeah, you went nine and three, but you had a chance to play for a title because you made the 12-team playoff because you played a really tough schedule. You you finished hot and you get in and you're able to make a run. And and so to me, those are the things that I would that I would like to see them do. And like Andrew says, why would Ohio State and other big big draws agree to take the same money as former Big E schools, which brings nothing to the table in terms of viewership? Again, you can say that, Andrew, but this is why the product sucks because you've destroyed these other conferences and now you've got this giant Big Ten and this giant SEC. But here's the thing. You're already doing this because Ohio State has agreed to take the same amount of money as Rutgers. That's a Big E school. They bring nothing in terms of viewership. So isn't Ohio State already doing that? Isn't Ohio State already dealing with leagues, teams in their league that don't bring anything in from you really think Maryland adds a lot of value to the Big Ten from a viewership number? You think Indiana brings any value to the Big Ten from a viewership number that Cincinnati wouldn't in the Big East, that Pitt wouldn't in the Big East, that Miami wouldn't in the Big East? You're already doing that. Because Ohio State makes the same amount of money as every other team in the Big Ten based on the reality of only maybe one or two teams in the Big Ten have anything close to what Ohio State does from a viewership standpoint. Who in the Big Ten besides Penn State and Michigan comes anywhere close to Ohio State from a viewership standpoint? Do you think Rutgers is in the same universe as Ohio State and viewership numbers? No. But guess what? They make the same amount of money from the TV deal that Ohio State does. Do you think Indiana comes anywhere cl- or Purdue come anywhere close to Ohio State in in regard to like TV viewership? You they certainly don't from the standpoint of like you know seats in the stands. I mean, this year Purdue is what fifty nine thousand people, sixty thousand people can be at a home game. Hosty's over hundred thousand. Do you do you want to go back and look at, at Purdue's TV numbers and and see what they were when they weren't playing Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State? They're not even close to Ohio State. Not even close. But yet they make the same amount of money that Ohio State does. A lot of those Big East teams are now in the Big Ten or the ACC or one of those conferences. So, But that's part of the struggle, Andrew, and, and part of why this product sucks. Because you, you, you are having that where, no, we're going to leave our league to go to the Big Ten because we want a bigger piece of the pie. That's, just, that's the reality of it. And until this changes, it's just, you know, that's how it's going to be. Um, but you, and you can say all you want. Those teams are going to get kicked out. But, I mean, we'll see. A lot of those teams are locked in for a long period of time. Now you're thinking what you think is going to happen. Well, if you are if you want to talk about what you think is going to happen, then why not have a productive conversation about what's best for the entire sport? It can't just be what's best for Ohio State. Because here's the thing you do is if you say, hey, look, you, you pass a rule, a law, or you get a rule that says, hey, 90% of the leagues have to agree to this to make it happen. All right, cool. 90% of those teams are going to get in. 
And Ohio State, hey, here's your option, Ohio State. You can stay in the NCAA and play SMU and play Navy and play, you know, Boise State and play Fresno and play Bowling Green and play these teams because they're not coming with us because they're in a different thing. Or if you want to join this league, be part of what or or here's the thing, you can go independent and do your own thing. But if you're going to be part of this new thing, you're going to accept these terms. That's the reality of it. So, um, I mean, the question is, in this conversation, is what would make it, what would make the product better? What would make it to where what we have makes any sense? Why is USC in the Big Ten? Why is Oregon in the Big Ten? Why is Texas, who used to be in the Southwest Conference, now in the Southeast Conference? Did did Austin, Texas pick up and move to the southeastern part of the country? No. Why is Notre Dame and basketball part of the Atlantic Coast? California and Stanford are literally on the Pacific Coast. Their cities they're in literally have bays or they are on they can you can see the the Pacific Ocean from those cities. They play in a conference called the Atlantic Coast Conference. That makes no sense. It's just gotten stupid. And so to me, if you want to make this product better, how you do that is by getting it to the original question, getting it under a an umbrella in which the TV revenue is split evenly. Now there's other things you could do to say, hey, if you want to put in the work, you can you can make more money this way. You can make more money than your competitors by how how many people are in your stands, how many people, how many jerseys you sell, all those type of things. There's a lot of things that you can do to make more money than your competitors. But if you want to make the product better, that's how you make it better. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't think it has a snowball's chance in heck of happening because of what you said. They're not going to give that up. But it, 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 they're not going to give that up from the standpoint of we're making X amount now. But the reality is, is they are already splitting with those teams. And you could say, well, they're going to kick out, they're going to kick out, you know, teams that aren't making as much. That's everyone that's not named Michigan or Penn State or USC or maybe Oregon now. So you're telling me the Big Ten's going to kick out Indiana, Purdue, Minnesota, Rutgers, Maryland, uh, Iowa. Nebraska, they're going to kick out, well, not Nebraska, but you're going to kick out all those teams that aren't coming anywhere close to the viewership that Ohio State has? It's not happening. It's not happening. So you're already splitting money. This is just saying, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. I think it would work. I think it would make the game way better. But to your point, this is a greedy business, and at the end of the day, people are just looking out for what's best for me, not what's best for all of us. That's that's what it boils down to. Let's look at these last few questions. Do you think Caleb Williams will be a good NFL quarterback? I have no idea. I think Caleb Williams has the tools to be a good NFL quarterback, but there's other guys I thought had the tools to be good NFL quarterbacks that weren't. Um, it, it, it comes down to, does he go to the right place? Can he stay healthy? You know, can, can he learn whatever offense? Does he have a coach that can build around him? I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but do I think he can be a very good NFL quarterback? Yeah, I do think he can be a very good He's very talented, very talented player. If you play in Lincoln Riley's offense, you also got to be pretty smart player too. So I think he can be. Will he? I don't know. I have no idea. Camden Hirschberger, how good can Jerome Bettis be, J- Jr. be in your opinion? 
you know, I've talked a little bit about this one, Camden. I, I just don't see it yet with Jerome Bettis Jr. And I hope he proves me wrong. I really do. Because I do think Notre Dame's eventually going to take him or he's going to eventually pick Notre Dame. I think he's going to end up being in the class. I just don't see it. He's a big kid. He's got a great frame. I just, on film, I just don't see it yet. I just don't. I, I Again, I, I hope I end up being wrong on this one. But right now, how good can he be based on what I've seen? Depth guy. Depth player. Great team player. Can help you out on scout team. Maybe p- becomes part of the rotation as a junior and senior. I, I could see that. But that's that's the best I see. Is a veteran rotation player down the road. Bobby S. Uh, Mill Wagner developing is the key to the O-line this year, in my opinion. He has big-time potential. Maybe Landau will be key for him. Possibly. Now, I, I think your offensive line could be pretty good with Tosh Baker, right tackle as well. I, I don't think they need a Mill Wagner, and he's the only guy that can be a part of an elite offensive line. I think Mill Wagner's got a lot of ability. I think at times maybe we 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 overinflate just how much ability he has, in my opinion. But he's a very talented player. There's no doubt about that. Sloppy Joe, if Al Golden leaves, would you prefer one, Coach Mick immediately taking over, two, Marcus Freeman calling the plays until Mick's ready, three, outside hire? I think what I would probably prefer, I mean, outside hire just depends on who the outside hire is. I could see two scenarios. Number one, I could see um, you bring in an outside guy and him and Mickens are co-coordinators. The other thing I think you could see is, is let's just say, well, part of that, let's just say that Al Golden leaves – next offseason let's go with that just for argument's sake and the defense is really really good again i could see scenario in which maybe mickens and al washington become co-coordinators and kind of run the defense together and you know see who gets the play calling duties but you know, i think you could see something like that like a co-coordinator situation will marcus freeman call plays until mickens is ready potentially but honestly if Mike Mickens, if Marcus Freeman felt that that Mike Mickens was so far behind behind being ready to to run a defense that he had to call plays for a year, I think that would be evidence that he's not really ready to be the defensive coordinator. When when you think a guy's ready, you kind of got to give him a little bit of freedom to run it, and then you're there as a as a as an asset. You know, you'll be around practice more. You'll be involved maybe more in the game planning things. You'll be more involved in the the scouting, you'll be more involved in the day-to-day than maybe you would have been otherwise, like right now that Al Golden is there, certainly. But to the point to where you're actually calling the plays, that would just tell me you really don't have faith in that guy. Because honestly, like what else does Mike Mickens need to do? Like to me, this right here, this right here is no different than Mike Mickens being a position coach. Mike Mickens already has a say in what's going on in ways that he would would it'd be the same as he would if Mike Marcus Freeman was calling plays. It'd be the same exact thing. So he's either ready to run the defense on his own or he's not. That to me would be that to me would be the the, the question. And if you think he's ready, then you let him run the, the defense. You may give co-coordinator, you may be involved. Like to me, I'd flip it. Mickens calls plays and then let Freeman be more involved in the the you know the maybe the design, the philosophy. You know, you help them out with some of those bigger picture things. You help them out with practice structure. You help them out with with game planning, those type of things. And then he's running it. That's what I think would be more likely. Outside hire, I mean, it just depends on who's available. I mean, right now I say, I want Mickens to be the next D coordinator. And then you find out, like, wait a minute, that guy's available? 
whew, you know, like let's say I'll go left now and you're like, oh, I'm ready for Mickens to take over. But then you're like, but Phil Parker called Freeman and he wants to be Notre Dame's defense coordinator. Like, oh, I love you, Coach Mick, but can you just give me two more years as a pass game coordinator? Because I really want to see what this team can be with Phil Parker. You know, I mean, it's, it have something like that comes along. Sure. But I mean, I doubt that that happens. I just think right now it's more of a, you know, if, if Freeman thinks Mick, Coach Mickens is ready, let's let's let him roll with it. If he thinks he may think this, too. he's like, look, I think Coach Mickens can be a D coordinator. But I also think Al Washington would be a D coordinator. Okay, maybe you do some sort of co coordinator thing. Maybe it just would depend on kind of how your team develops. But uh, I would want to have some some combination that involves Mike Mickens would be the ideal thing for me. Patrick Fleming, do you think Notre Dame keeps the quarterback room intact, and can someone emerge as a number two to a point to push Leonard? I don't see anybody pushing Riley Leonard. The only way that somebody pushes Riley Leonard is if Riley Leonard regresses or gets hurt. That's it. I mean, he's just a more talented player than Steve Angeli, and he's a far more advanced player right now from an experience standpoint than Kenny Minchie or CJ Carr. I just he just is. He's the most talented player, in my opinion, for 2024. So I, I you know, could Kenny Minchie have a monster offseason and and easily seize the number two job? Sure. Could CJ Carr have a really monster offseason and seize the number two job? Sure. But seizing number two and beating out Riley Leonard are two completely different things. It would have to just be based on Riley Leonard just doesn't play well over a period of time, and you just got to make a move. But I don't see anyone challenge him in that regard. And as far as do they keep the room intact, I have no idea. I think part of that's going to be determined by who who wins certain jobs this spring. I hope they keep it intact, but, I mean, we have to be honest about the era we're in. If if like if like If somebody gets passed up or – doesn't pass up or whatever the case may be. I mean, you could, you could see a lot of, you could see a lot of type of situations where I could see that kid leaving or that kid leaving based on that, but I hope they keep them all intact. We'll find out. Bobby S. Yes, I forgot about Keanu Kia as a recruit and player. What type of player and what type of potential does he have? How is his brother as a recruit? I, I can't tell you a lot about Josiah because there's just not much film on him. I, I'll tell you this, people I've talked to that have seen film of him, they say he's very twitchy. He's very athletic. He's physical. Uh, I was told this by somebody I was talking to the other day. He's a better athlete than Kahanu, and he's more powerful than Kahanu, which is saying something because Kahanu is a pretty strong kid. Uh, Kahanu is a good player. I mean, I, I liked him. I was fine with them taking him. You know, quality athlete, you know, had some range, was a physical kid, smart, instinctive, you know, and uh, good Mike linebacker prospect. He's good, good Mike linebacker. Ideally, he's not your guy. Uh, and I know Notre Dame used him a Viper a little bit as a freshman as well because he does have some length and some some initial burst to him uh, as an edge guy. Josiah, from what I'm told, is a much rangier athlete. So, uh, you know, more speed and things like that. I just – I can't say that because there's just not a lot of film on him, to be honest with you. Let's see here. Is that it? I think that's it. There, I thought so. One question pop up. Hey, somebody's asked about Tommy Reese. Where do I think Tommy Reese is going to go? I don't know. I have no idea where Tommy Reese is going to go. So, um, uh, Andrew says, great question, Sloppy. I think Mickens is a star. I, look, I think Mike Mickens is absolutely a star corners coach, DB coach, no doubt. Will he be a star coordinator? Don't know. Hope so. I'm rooting for him. But it's like one of those things, until you see him do it, you don't really know until you see him do it. But he's a very smart football coach. He's a great corners coach. Great corners coach. So, yeah. that's Well, that's going to do it, everybody. So that's a 
pretty long solo show, but tons of great questions. We actually, we actually got through them all, got through all the questions. So that's pretty awesome. I appreciate y'all very, very much. Um, have a great rest of your day, everybody. I believe we will have a, I believe there's an IB nation sports talk tonight. I'm not hundred percent sure of that. I got to check with the guys and get that schedule, but I'll be back tomorrow with at one o'clock. Hopefully Ryan will be feeling better by then and we can do a show together. We'll, We'll probably break down the Notre Dame defense or offense. Not, We're not sure which one. We may do the portal class first, but those are going to be kind of the three topics we're going to have this week of our normal shows. We just haven't decided on the order. So I think actually, I think now that I think about it, we'll probably do like a, a detailed, like real breakdown of the portal class uh, tomorrow, then dive into our first glance looks at the offense and defense for Notre Dame. And then, of course, on Friday, we will have a Friday recruiting mailbag. So, and then of course, big junior day on Saturday. So Ryan will pr- preview the big junior day as well on friday uh also so stay locked in everybody hit that like button hit the subscribe button hit the notification bell share this podcast we would love it if you gave us a five-star review would love it very very much and if you have not done so join the message board at boards.ourspreakdown.com lots of great conversation going on there we're going to start putting more and more intel out now that we're kind of getting to that season part of the season where there actually is in real intel to put out not made up intel so uh we'll, we'll start putting more of that out as well so you definitely want to sign up for that at boards.irishbreakdown.com for brian ryan thanks for the uh the back help background help today and producing the show and bringing all the questions up hope you feel better hope all of you are doing great if you are in the snow like we are stay safe and stay warm and we will talk to you all again very very soon on the irish breakdown podcast <laughs> This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.